house unto a land that I will show thee. He said, I want you to get away from your country. I want you to get away from all your kindred, your friends, and from your father's house. That's what God had said unto Abram. Amen. But if we look back in Genesis chapter 11 and verse 31, it says, And Terah took Abram his son. Amen. That means that's Abram's dad. Okay. His father. Now God had said, get away from your get away from your country, your kindred, and your father's house. But right here it says, And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. Praise God. When Abram left Ur of the Chaldees, he was not by himself with his wife. But if I'm reading my Bible correctly, not only did his father go with him, but also his nephew went with him. When they left out of Ur of the Chaldees. You say, some people say, well, there's two different callings we're talking about. I don't believe that. God said, get out and get away from your father's house. Fact in Acts chapter 7 and verse number 2. And he said, men, brethren, and fathers, hearken. This is Stephen speaking to the Sanhedrin. The God of glory appeared unto our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Charon. And said unto him, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and come into the land which I shall show thee. Then came he out of the land of the Chaldeans and dwelt in Charon. And from thence, when his father was dead, he removed him into this land wherein ye now dwell. Abram received a commandment from God back way back in Ur of the Chaldees. Okay, I'm going somewhere. Just ride with me a little bit. But God said, get out of your country. Get away from your kindred. And get out of your father's house. Now, Abram obeyed to a point because he, he went out of his country. But if I'm reading this correctly, he took his father with him. And he took Lot with him. He was obeying to a point. But did not completely obey the commandment from God. Well, hallelujah. Hopefully this will get a little more exciting in a minute. Genesis chapter 13. Amen. We read in the beginning of Genesis 13 is when Lot and Abram's herdsmen, they were both increased in goods. They both they had great and exceeding many flocks and herds. They had all these big, they, they had commotion. There wasn't enough water for all their cattle. So there was strife uh, between the herdsmen of Abram and the herdsmen of Lot. So Abram took Lot up on the hillside and he said, hey, you choose where you want to go. You go down there, I'll come up here. You want to stay here, I'll go down there. You pick and I'll go the other direction. And so Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld that well-watered plain of Jordan. How it looked like the garden of God. Amen. And he said, I'll take that down there. Woo. Amen. And so they separated themselves from each other. So now Abram's father is passed on, and now Lot has left him. And in verse 14 of Genesis 13, And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot was separated from him, Lift up now thine eyes, and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward for all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth and so that if a man can number the dust of the earth then shall thy seed also be numbered arise walk through the land in the length of it and in the breadth of it for I will give it unto thee then Abraham removed his tent and came and dwelt in the plain of Mamre which is in Hebron and built an altar unto the Lord God came back and spoke to Abraham again but it wasn't until after that lot had left him hallelujah when finally Abram was in that place where God said get away from your country get away from your kindred and get out of your father's house leave it all behind it was only then that God stepped in and really showed him the promise 
promise that was in front of him. Hallelujah. Amen. It took Abraham being in complete obedience. Amen. His promise wasn't there yet. But God came and said, you know what? Now Lot's gone. Now lift up your eyes. And I'm going to show you what you got. Now lift it up. And I'll really show you the promise. Because now you've finally done what I asked you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. We go on and and we find in Genesis chapter 16. Amen. That's where Abram messed up. Amen. That's when he tried to help God out and say, you know what? I'll just speed this little promise up. You said I'm going to have seed. We're still barren. I still haven't had a child yet. We'll take matters into our own hands. Amen. I'll tell you what. Amen. We get ourselves in trouble. Amen. When we're finally starting to be obedient. But yet the promise ain't there yet. And we say, you know what, God? I'll just help you out a little bit. God, I'll just take it in my own hands right now. I'll just help you out, God. Amen. All of a sudden there's a man named Ishmael. Amen. But that's not the one that God chose. That wasn't the one that God wanted. That was not the heir that God promised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. Amen. That initial call in Ur of the Chaldees, he was somewhere around the age of 70. 16 years, and he decided Ishmael was going to be the promise. That wasn't God's choice. Amen. God came back and spoke to him again and said, He said, Man, I wish you'd see Ishmael. He said, That's not my plan. That might have been your plan. That's not my plan. Amen, that's not the way I chose to do it. That's not the way I wanted to do it. Uh, Ishmael was not my plan. That was your plan. Uh, It's time to submit to my plan. Hallelujah. Abram was 99 years old when God came and told him that. 29 years since Ur of the Chaldees. And Isaac finally comes along when Abram is 100 years old. That promise finally came to fruition. It was a delayed blessing. But in studying this thought out, it's been on my heart for many days. And uh, and I'll tell you what, I've wondered sometimes if, if maybe the promise wouldn't have come a little bit sooner if Abram hadn't obeyed from day number one. If Abram had said, okay, God, I'll step out in faith. I'll leave my father behind. I'll leave Lot behind. And I'll step out and leave it all behind because that's what you asked. Hallelujah. But because he didn't, there was a delayed blessing. Well. There are many promises that we have from God. Exceeding, the Bible says exceeding great and precious promises. The promises of God are yea and amen. They are wonderful promises. Amen. There are some folks in this place tonight, I believe that God has given you individual promises. God has spoke to you in prayer or through the preaching of the word. And God has given you a promise. And if there's one thing, eh, I believe there's one thing God cannot do. It's the only thing. He can't see it, but that means he can't lie. So if God promised it, I'm telling you what, you can take it to the bank. But it hasn't happened yet. I'm still waiting for it to happen yet. I'm beginning to wonder if it's ever going to happen. I'm telling you, his promises are yea and amen. If he said it, it will happen. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something else. You can go through the word of God, and there's several things I'm going to try to pull out tonight, but there are many promises in the word of God. And I would say that just about every one of them, 
is conditional. Well, they are conditional promises. You say, what do you mean? I'm saying that the Bible says, if you will do this, then I will do this. Kind of like that promise that's implied when you go to work for somebody. It's a conditional promise that if you work, then I will pay you. You don't work, I ain't paying you. It's a conditional promise. And we go to work and we work hard expecting them to fulfill that promise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Conditional promises. We believe tonight, at least I do, the God we serve is a healer. He's a healer. Isaiah 53 and verse 5. <clears throat> but he was wounded. For our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes. We are healed. We are healed. We are healed. Not we can be healed. Not we might be healed. But we are healed. Amen. He went and was tied down to that post. And they whipped that back. And whipped it and whipped it and whipped it. Amen. And he did it. That we are healed. Amen. You can read many times in Scripture over and over again where he stepped in and healed people. My Bible says he's the same yesterday and forever, so if he healed back then, he's still a healer. But then in James chapter 5, we read something in verse number 13. It says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. You're under affliction, according to the scripture, pray, 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 pray. Well, nothing's happening. Pray some more. Pray, pray, pray. Is any among you afflicted? Pray. Is any merry? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up and if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Do we believe that he is a healer? Well, he said that if there's any sick among you, he put a condition on it right here. Let him call. For the elders of the church. And let them pray over him. Anointing him with oil. In the name of the Lord. And it says and. The prayer of faith shall save or heal or deliver the sick. All this is too simple I think tonight. I'm going to tell you something. Don't complain about being sick if you refuse to obey the Scriptures. Oh, Amen. Don't complain about always fighting the same sickness over and over again when you haven't called for the elder to come and anoint you with oil and pray over you the prayer of faith. Amen. It's a conditional promise. He said that if you'll call, and if they'll, can you let them pray for you, anointing you with oil, that the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Oh, I've heard it before back when I was pastoring. Amen. People say, well, I just didn't want to bother you. It's not a bother. It's the word of God. It's the Word of God. 
Hey man, I'm telling you what, when I'm sick, I want to get prayed for. Because my Bible says that if I let them pray for me, the prayer of faith will save the sick. Oh, I've been fighting this for a long time. Well, when's the last time you got prayed for? It's a delayed blessing. Simply because we haven't been obedient. Well, now. Well. I was in the service just a couple weeks ago. Amen. This lady come in. And, uh. During song service, we really started praying. Was praying with her. She's weeping, seeking God. Altar call came. She didn't move. And uh, finally, she come up there. It was another lady. I was touching pretty good, and so she come up there and started shouting a little bit. Amen. One of the men went over and laid hands on her, and she started grabbing his hands, trying to pull them off her head. He flagged the rest of us over there. We laid hands on her. She started pushing and grabbing our hands. Amen. Begin to scream, no, 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 no. And then she just wilted and went down. Amen. And admitted she's been bound by a devil for a long time. One of the things that spirit rose up inside of her didn't want to have happen. She didn't, that spirit didn't want those hands on her head. Amen. Didn't want us praying over her the prayer of faith. <clears throat> well, now it just got real quiet. But I'm telling you what we just read here that we have to let, let them pray for us. Amen. If you're sick, doesn't this have to be a physical sickness? It can be another type of sickness. But if you come, oftentimes it's a delayed blessing because we won't come. Well, hallelujah. hallelujah. I feel this strongly tonight. I felt it Tuesday night before I even knew I was preaching here. I didn't even know why I feel it so strong. I'll even die. I've never preached this message before. But I feel it burning in my heart. There's no point in leaving here without the blessing that we need. Simply because there's one thing we have chosen not to be obedient in. Well, hallelujah. Do we believe tonight that Jesus is the forgiver of our sins? Amen. Do we believe that he shed his blood? Amen. To cover us and cleanse us with the power of that blood. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Hey, we can get excited about preaching about the blood and the power of the blood. Well, I hope we can get excited about it. Amen, because ain't none of us going to make it without the blood. Amen. None of us are going to make it to heaven without the blood. Without going back and get that blood reapplied in our life. That blood still cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. You're not deceiving the ones around you. You're not deceiving God. You're not deceiving the man of God. You're deceiving yourself. The truth is not in us. Hey, you might fool people for a while, but I'm telling you what, your sin will find you out. Hey, man, if you say, well, I have no sin, the only one you're deceiving is yourself. Hey, man, the only one that you're leading to hell is yourself. Mm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. 
Hey, man, we say we have no sin. I've heard folks say, hey, I'm perfectly fine. I'm all right. What are you worried about? I'm worried because I know something ain't right. I know something's wrong. And you're deceiving yourself. Verse 9 says, if, if, if. It's a big word sometimes. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, I'll tell you what, I've quoted that a million times. I mean, not a million, literally, but a lot of times in preaching and talking, he is faithful. And just to forgive us our sins. But it's conditional. If. We. Confess. Our sins. It's tight tonight I'm telling you. Fighting a little something tonight. Hallelujah. If you're not willing to confess, then he's not going to forgive. You say, oh, but he loves me. And he's a God of love. He is. Because it takes a God of great love to forgive us of our sins. Because I'm telling you right now, most of us would not forgive folks for doing to us what we've done to him. Well... But he said, if we confess our sins, then he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Verse 10 says, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. If we confess. You know, that was always a thing. <clears throat> and I've probably preached this little thought before. That's always a thing that just blows my mind, the difference between Saul and David. Saul would not confess his wrongs. He blamed it on the people. He had all these excuses. But he wouldn't come out and confess that I've sinned. I've done wrong. David, who did some terrible things himself, said, for I acknowledge my transgressions, my sin is ever before me. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. He said, I acknowledge my transgressions. I'm not going to try to sweep it under the rug. I'm just going to lay it out there. I acknowledge it. It's ever before me. If we confess our sins, well, hey, man, I'm sorry that this ain't a shouter tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. John chapter 14 and verse 16 says, And I will pray the Father. He shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. <clears throat> Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. <clears throat> he left us a promise that he would come to us. That he would dwell in us. It's a promise. Praise God. He said, I'll come. I said, you're a comforter. He said, I've been with you. I shall be in you. Amen. I love that verse of scripture. Well. Romans chapter 8, verse number 1. <clears throat> there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. There's no condemnation to those who walk after the Spirit. 
For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Amen. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, if, it's that word again, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none. He said, oh, but he promised, and so I got the Holy Ghost once, and so he's, I've got it now. Mm-hmm. They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. You cannot be living in the flesh. Oh, help me, Jesus. We can't be walking in the flesh. Amen. And think that the Spirit's still going to dwell. Amen. But we're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If the Spirit dwell in us. And if we don't have the Spirit, then we're none of His. God's desire is to dwell in us. His desire is to dwell in you. He wants us to be one of His. He wants us to live in the Spirit. He wants us to walk in the Spirit. He wants us to be full of the Spirit. That is His desire. He wants to dwell in this old flesh. He wants to inhabit my spirit. He wants to dwell inside of me. I don't deserve it. I'm not worthy of it. Amen. But he wants to dwell in my heart. And if he's not in my heart, then I'm not one of his. It doesn't matter if I call myself a Christian. It doesn't matter what I call myself. If I don't have the spirit, I am not one of his. It wasn't too long ago I was talking to somebody. My wife made the comment that, you know, you can lose the Holy Ghost. And their eyes popped open like they were shocked. Let me tell you something. You go out there and start sinning. That Spirit's not going to dwell where sin is. Hey, man, we go out there and do things we know we're not supposed to do. You can't expect the Spirit to stay there. He's not going to dwell in an impure vessel. He's not going to dwell in a dirty house. Hallelujah, that's why if there's something there, you better find it and confess our sin and he's faithful and just to forgive us. And he'll come back and dwell in our hearts again. And once again, we can be one of his. Someone doesn't like that, but it's the truth anyhow. wasn't too long ago someone told me there were certain times of the year when they were busy with work amen and they would not be spiritually minded in those days and when they wasn't working in their off seasons when they would really pray and get the mind of God I almost and I should have done it in hindsight I should have said well you all better pray that God don't come back during the busy season 
Because God's not going to dwell in an impure vessel. Talking about a delayed blessing tonight. We must be full of the Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Most of us can quote it. And Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is conditional. It is conditional. If you're not willing to repent, he's not going to fill you with his spirit. If you're not going to get baptized in Jesus' name, I'm telling you what, you're not going to keep the spirit. You're not going to be filled with the spirit. I know that there's some folks get the Holy Ghost and they get baptized. I'm telling you, I understand that. There's a Bible for that. But if you receive the Holy Ghost and refuse to be baptized in Jesus' name, I'm sorry, I don't believe you're going to keep it. Because those sins have not yet been remitted. They've not been washed away. Amen. You want to be full of the Holy Ghost? You've got to repent. You've got to repent. You've got to repent. You've got to repent. That's the one thing you can do. You can repent. You can't baptize yourself, but you can repent. Amen. If you've already been baptized, you say, if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost before and you've gotten cold, it's time to repent. It's time to repent. Why? That you can clean that vessel out. Uh, that the Spirit can come back. Uh, because I want to be filled with Him. I want him dwelling in my heart. I want him dwelling in my life. Amen. If I let this vessel get dirty and impure, amen, he's going to leave, but I don't want that. I'll repent, repent, repent. I've got to put this old flesh on the altar. I've got to take up my cross. I've got to live a crucified life. Because I want to be filled with the Spirit. Oftentimes, believe it, the reason that there are chronic seekers, there's obviously several reasons, but amen, one of them I believe is some, a lot of times they're not truly repentant. They're not truly ready to change. They'd rather the Holy Ghost come be a part of their life as it is. Well, we've got to repent. We can't pick and choose what we repent of. We can't repent of this one and this one and this one and hide this one and repent of this one and this one and hide the other one. But we've got to confess them all. We've got to repent of them all. I want to be full. Believe tonight that God is a restorer. Hallelujah. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, another familiar scripture as this one has been so heavy on my mind, my heart. The Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer. I have heard thy prayer. And I've chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, God was saying is if I, if I do that, if I bring the drought, if I bring the pestilence, if I bring the locusts and eats up the crops and there's a, there's a shortage and there's hunger, if I allow those things to happen, if, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves, and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then, 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 then will I hear from heaven 
and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. If my people, number one, will humble themselves. Well, my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then, 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 then will I hear from heaven. Will forgive their sin, will heal their land. It was only when they were willing to humble themselves, willing to pray, willing to seek him, and willing to turn. But what happens if they weren't willing to do all those things? Well, they humbled themselves maybe, and then they prayed a little bit, but they didn't really seek him, and they weren't willing to turn. You know what happened? Nothing. Because he said they had to humble, they had to pray, they had to seek, and they had to turn. Then, then, then. Well, it's gotten very quiet. You're going through a dry time in life, a dry time in your walk with God. <clears throat> and the blessings aren't coming, the promises aren't coming. It's time to humble ourselves. It's time to pray. It's time to seek his face. And it's time to turn from those things that are hindering our walk with God. Turn from the things that are drawing us away from God. Well, I'm not backslid. I'm still in the house of God. Honey, if you ain't as hot in your walk with God as you used to be, I'm telling you, you've slid backwards. I never left the church. I never backslid and walked away from God. But I'm telling you, there were many times that I was backslid on a church pew. Amen. As cold in my spirit as I could get. And the only way to get back was to humble myself and pray and seek his face and turn. And it was when I was willing to do that that he came down and began to heal some things and began to forgive my sin. Amen. Began to make things right. Amen. There were a lot of blessings that were delayed because I wasn't willing to simply obey. God has given to us everything that we need. He's equipped us. He's made us what we need to be to make it. He's promised us so many things. We cling and we cling to those promises and wonder why, why, why is it ain't happening yet? Why, why are we still struggling this and struggling here and doing this? I want to tell you oftentimes it's simply because we have not wholly and completely given in to obedience. Well, praise God. I want to pray tonight that I would be sensitive enough that not only would I hear the voice of God, but that I would heed the voice of God to obey even when it's uncomfortable, even when it hurts. We oftentimes use the words Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. The Lord our provider. Jehovah Jireh. That whole story, that whole name came from Abraham. When God came to him and said, I want you to take your son, your only son Isaac, and offer him as a sacrifice unto me. And somewhere along the line, Abraham had learned a lesson. And there was no hesitation. He loaded up, he got Isaac, and he headed for the mountain. They're on their way up the mountain. They left their servants behind, this him and Isaac. And Isaac, he said, Father, he said, you know, 
Behold the wood, behold the fire, but where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said, the Lord will provide. He built the altar, laid the wood. Isaac was up on the altar. I believe that Isaac had to willingly go because Abraham was a very old man. But Isaac was there as a young man on the altar. Abraham lifted that knife to take his life when God stopped him and provided that ram. But it was all born out of painful obedience. Well, praise God. Praise God. I've been around long enough to know some of the promises God has given to this church. Amen. Promises of revival. Promises of growth. Well, praise the Lord. Have we somewhere, somehow, overlooked something that God has asked for us, of us, that we have not yet accomplished. Well, praise God. Is that why the blessing is being delayed? Abram was very obedient in that he got right up and they left. He began to wander and sojourn, wandering through the land. But there was daddy. And there was Lot. Well. Have we obeyed most but not all? Well. I'm sorry if I'm meddling tonight. I'm just preaching what I feel. Do we still get mad when the man of God stands behind the pulpit? The pastor comes and preaches to us. Something that God has laid on his heart that requires us to let go of something or give up something. Maybe I just stepped out into the abyss right there. I want to tell you something. When God puts a message on the man of God, the commandment in the word of God was that the overseer had to feed the sheep. Feed the sheep. And when God gives him that message, it's for our benefit. But if we don't like certain aspects of it, we don't like this, we don't like that. And so instead of just being obedient to the message from God. My father-in-law said this many times. He said, when I stepped behind the pulpit, he pointed at my mother. I said, you're not my wife. You're not my daughter. You're not my son-in-law. I don't have any friends in this place. I'm here with a message from God. I'm telling you what, when that word comes forward, we can't pick and choose what parts of it that we're going to apply to our life. But if we really want the promises, if we really want the blessing, we've got to hear it. We've got to heed it. We've got to grab a hold of it. I've got to obey the word. I don't want to have a delayed blessing. One last verse of scripture, 1 John chapter 5, verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. His commandments are not grievous. This is not talking about the love of God towards us. But it's talking about our love to Him. I don't normally read from other versions, but the Amplified Version just kind of pulls this out. It says, for the true love of God is this. If we have true love for Him, that we do His commandments, keep His ordinances, are mindful of His precepts and teaching. And these orders are not irksome, burdensome, oppressive, or grievous. If we love Him, if we love Him, if we truly love Him, 
you're going to be obedient to his commandments. And those blessings are going to be poured out and poured out and poured out. You know, there's sometimes I make deals with my kids. They're conditional deals. That if they'll do something, if you do your schoolwork and not fight me this week, if you'll pick up your dirty clothes and put them in the laundry hamper, if you do it all week, then I'll do this for you. It's conditional. And you can ask him. There's been times when their blessing has been delayed. Amen. Because of a lack of obedience. Well, it's still real quiet tonight, I guess. That's just the way we're going to end. And I'm telling you, there's promises that I know that God has given me. And I don't want to disobedience delay my promise delay my blessings you know there's stories so many stories that we could have talked about tonight Jonah ran away disobeyed what God had said went through a horrible ordeal Finally, he went there and Nineveh came to repentance. Great revival when he simply obeyed. Praise God. Your healing could be just around the corner. Your deliverance could be just around the corner. Your promise could be just around the corner. There's no point in living with a delayed blessing simply because we want daddy and nephew Lot to come with us as we begin our journey you can stand with me tonight hallelujah amen I, I hope to help somebody tonight hallelujah it's not my desire to hurt anybody I want to help somebody been longing for something for a long time. Been longing, been desiring. I feel God's promised you. It's time to claim that promise. And part of claiming is obeying. Well, hallelujah. The delayed blessing. The delayed blessing. been times when I felt like God's called me to a deeper place in prayer, wanting me to commit more. There's been times that I've done it. There's been times that I haven't. And those times that I haven't led up to a delayed blessing. The days that I was going to fast, but when I woke up in the morning, just didn't feel like it, led to a delayed blessing. That day when my nose was running, had a little cough, and, and you know what? It was a convenient excuse not to go to the house of God. Didn't want to make anybody else sick. You know what it did? It didn't hurt anybody else. It hurt him right here. Hurt this guy right here because it delayed a blessing. That could have been the night my promise was going to come, but I let something distract me and keep me home. Uh, amen. It kept me away from what God wanted me to do. It wanted to give me. Delayed blessings. Delayed blessings. You know what? Sometimes there's no one to blame but ourselves when the blessing is delayed. Hallelujah. Well, we've a challenge tonight. Why don't we just dig in a little deeper? Go a little bit harder. Just dig down that little bit further.
Say, God, is there anything that I have done? Is there anything that I haven't done that you've asked of me that has delayed my blessing? Is there something I've held on to that you wanted me to let go of? Is there some commandment that I missed somewhere? Amen. It may not even be something we're aware of right now. But why don't you pray, God, show it to me. If there's anything in me that's holding back the blessing, God, I don't want to stand in the way. I don't want to push that blessing off. I don't want revival to be pushed off because of something in me. Is somewhere there's a sin. Is somewhere there's something inside of me that I've left alone and left. A, God help me tonight to, to confess them all. If I've gotten cold in my spirit, God help me to humble myself. I'll go pray. I'll seek your face. I'll turn from my ways. Because I don't want a delayed blessing. I don't want a delayed blessing. I don't want that delayed. But God, I need that answer. God, I need that breakthrough. God, I need that healing touch. God, I need that deliverance. I need my answer. I need my direction. I don't want a delayed blessing. I don't want disobedience. I don't want neglect to lead to my delayed blessing. God, help me. Help me.